You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's covering everything about Nick's upcoming season of The Bachelor. Now the man with all your spoilers and behind-the-scenes juice in Bachelor Nation. Here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Reality Steve podcast, episode 6. I am your host, Reality Steve. This is our first episode in season, so this is how it's going to go down every Thursday. We'll talk to a guest about the show. I'll do some reader emails, then go over some things from the franchise along with anything else I decide to throw in there. But uh, let's start right off the bat with our first guest during Nick's season of the podcast. On the line right now, she is a managing editor at TheRinger.com. She also hosts the Bachelor Party Podcast, which you can listen to every week on Channel 33, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. But most importantly, she's the number one Ben Higgins apologist in America. It's Juliette Littman. How are you doing, Juliette? <laughs> I'm great, and I continue to be a Ben apologist. Okay, well, that's yeah, good. I don't, know, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, yeah. well, let's before we get into next season, I want to rewind a bit because I want to talk about a couple of things that you and I actually talked about when I was last on your podcast in September, I think it was right after the uh, Paradise finale aired. So first, let's talk yeah. Ben and Lauren. I know you're a huge Ben fan, obviously. I didn't watch I the show. I'm assuming you did. Uh, I watched part of it. It was quite boring. Okay, because I heard it was just, it was bad. It had too many Bachelor cameos. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you like him more? Do you like him less since then? Lauren, give me your assessment on everything Ben, Lauren, in your life. Go. Main, main difference is I definitely like Lauren more. I met her... Um, in October, so like three months ago, and she was cool. Like I, I you know, I didn't want to like her because I love Ben, but Lauren was like cool. She seemed like um, fairly normal, and I don't know. I I'm pro Lauren. I still like just can't believe they're actually going to work out. But they made it a long time. I think it's because they're both like like want it to work out. They're not necessarily as like fame hungry as some other contestants. But um, yeah, that's that's the main thing, which is I'm definitely um, a lot more impressed with her and Ben. I don't know. I, I just like Ben. It's like such a <laughs> horrible thing, but I just do. <laughs> He's so handsome. He's really nice. I don't know. I just, I'm pro both of them. I hope they both find happiness, though not necessarily with each other. Oh, okay. I see. You're trying to to step in there. But I mean, on the show, on his show, I, like I said, I didn't watch it, but I never heard anything good. Like it was just way too, you know, quote unquote scripted. And it just, it didn't yeah. seem organic at all. And it was a lot of forced scenarios and, you know, too many Bachelor cameos. But what would you take from I it? The trick, the trick to making Ben successful on TV is you need to, like, put chaos around him because he remains so calm and speaks in complete sentences at all times that you need that, like, a counterbalance to that. And the show itself just didn't have enough, um, like, hysteria to it to kind of, like, outweigh his very calculated way of acting on camera, which is one of the reasons I like him. But, uh, yeah, it just didn't work. Mm, okay. Um, also, the last time we spoke, I mentioned it to you, and you were in total agreement that we could easily watch the Twins with their own one-hour show every week. And what do you know? Reports are Freeform is going to give them their own show, or they're in talks and finalizing rep- finalizing talks to have their own show on Freeform. Your reaction outside of pure giddiness over this? Um. I don't know what it could be about. Again, like, we need to have a good conceit around them. Because, like, they're just, like, 
they're ridiculous, but do I need eight episodes of them being ridiculous? You, they just they need people to play off of. So I don't know. I, I think if they like rebooted a simple life, but they had to like do weird tasks and like go to farms and work and stuff, that would be good. But I, I don't really care to watch Emily and Haley just in Las Vegas. What's funny is I, I mentioned this in my column today that I think ex- I think that's exactly what I said. I go, it's the Simple Life 2017. I mean, we know these girls are not going to be teaching quantum physics or breaking down the cover two on their show. Like this is them doing blonde things for an hour a week and just being and yeah. giggling and talking to their friends. Like really, that's what what it's going to come down to. All these people ultimately. Uh, it's sort of like, I don't know, like like at the NFL and UFC. Ultimately, the star of The Bachelor is the show itself. And yeah. so they, it just, they don't work as well outside of it. That's one of the reasons why Paradise is good, because it maintains like a very strict construct that allows the show to continue to work. Well, I'm very interested in, you know, if the twins get the show, and now we've got, we've had Ben and Lauren's show, if the twins get a show on Freeform, now, now you've got this whole element where everyone going on the show now is going to look to see if, hey, maybe we can get a f- spinoff of Freeform. Because it really looks like this yeah. Twins thing is happening. And again, I think it's, you know, I, I don't think it's something that's going to work out long term for them. But now you've thrown this factor in there like, oh, not only can we possibly be on Paradise if you're an eliminated contestant on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Well, I can go on Paradise. Now there's this Freeform carrot dangling in front of them. That's like, well, if we're funny enough or interesting enough, we could possibly get a show on Freeform. Because I know that... Uh, Chad was in talks to possibly do a show. He was pitching a show, and I'm sure pitched it to Freeform, but nothing ever came of it, and right. he ended up on uh, that e-dating show that we're going to see coming up, whatever that one was. What's the e-dating show that Josh Murray was on last season? I'm totally forgetting. Famously Single. Did you know that Chad's on next yeah, season? I did not know that. Oh, yeah, no. I'll talk to my colleagues. They'll yeah, be into it. Yeah, he's... Josh Amanda broke up, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that was interesting. Um, I guess you can't be too surprised over that. Lace and Grant, obviously done. You know that. Um, so who would have thought Carly and Evan yeah. are gonna are our final couple from BIP that are still around? It's kind of beautiful. I think I believe in them. I believe in them more than I did the other two. I think I even said this on your show. Like they didn't have to make a life changing move. They lived in. They both lived right. in Nashville. So I mean, it makes sense. He does have three older kids. So I mean, let's. You know, let's see where it goes from there. But um, enough about past contestants. Let's uh, move on to Nick's night one. Interesting to note that you have actually been to a filming of night one. And if I can remember correctly, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I know you did a season. I want to say it was Juan Pablo's or no? I've been to Juan Pablo. I went to Juan Pablo's and I also went to Ben's. So oh, okay, so you were at Ben's too. Okay. So uh, talk about that. Fill people in on things that you that you saw the audience doesn't get to see on night one, which is a lot, obviously. But some of the main things you took away from yeah. night one that the average fan wouldn't know. There's a ton of people around. Like there's like a lot of people. So there's the girl. Like there, as the women are coming in, you know, they're coming out of limos. They're killing time inside the house because obviously it's staggered. And if you like go in the house and you can kind of walk around as long as you stay out of the camera's view. There's just, like, a lot of people around, so, so the women don't necessarily know, like, who works on the show and, like, who's just there as, like, a guest of, of someone, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's, like, really long. And, like, kind of, it's kind of casual. Like, you see them sitting around chatting, and that really is is how it's done. There's a lot of food and drinks available to them. And uh, the entrances take a long time, like, a really long time. I think that also when you watch, like, Nick and Chris, and Chris Harrison talking to each other, they could, you know, it's TV. They do a few takes if necessary, and it's pretty. It's pretty. It's very produced, but it's not 
that um, like rigid, which I think is good. It makes it feel more relaxed. And I'm trying to remember if there was anything crazy on Wampop. Oh, that was Claire coming out of the limo with the baby bump. That was probably the most notable limo oh, I entrance, I remember. Yeah. I remember seeing Andy come out of the limo. I think she was last, and she was, like, beautiful. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he's really into her. You could tell right away. Oh, yeah. No, um, I'm trying to, I can't remember who got the first impression rose on Juan Pablo's season. Oh, oh no, Pablo? it was it was Charlene. It was Char- it was Charlene. That's right, because she was oh, right. she was one of the first ones that we saw get a reaction. Like she didn't even seem to want it, or she was very kind of put off by it. Uh, I do remember. I do remember that. But um, where are you at with Nick right now? On a scale of one to ten, one being Juan Pablo and ten being Ben Higgins. Where where are you at with Nick right now? In terms of him being on his fourth show, and I know it's only one episode in, but rate Rick, rate Nick right now. I'm going to give him a 6.5, which is high considering <laughs> I used to really dislike him. Um, and also, I'm just like a tough grader. I think he's going to be a good bachelor. I like that he, you know, he has experience on camera, so he is um, obviously more himself already. I think that's partially just who Nick is as well. But he, the way he talks to the women is a lot more casual. And um, he like it's like he knows what he's doing. You know, he's been around the block, so he's not that uncomfortable, <laughs> which is fun to watch. And um, he's pretty direct. Like when I talked to him, it was a great long conversation. He's like a real straight shooter, and I think that he is a good combo of like savvy and direct. So he knows what to say to keep us entertained, even if even if he only like vaguely feels that way. One other thing, he's very good at is mumbling. Don't forget that he's a great mumbler. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I never thought of it as mumbling until he called it such. Yeah, it, I, it's. Uh, did you see the Kimmel thing on right after the show on Monday night? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, it was it was really. Well, Joel McHale was hilarious. He basically stole the show. Uh, then they brought Nick out. He did his basic shtick that he does with with the lead every year. And then then they brought Andy and Caitlin out, and they sat him on the couch, and that was kind of uncomfortable. I think Nick was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable watching Nick be uncomfortable sitting uh, next to them. But well, it, he doesn't like Andy. Yeah, him no. And Andy really beef. Yeah, and it's funny because they asked him. I think Kimmel asked them on the show, like, "Hey, so how are you guys?" And they didn't pretend like they were friends. But he's like, "No, you know, we we've spoken a bit, you know." But it was it was obvious that he didn't want to say anything. And if he was being honest, he yeah. would have said, "I hate this girl. She threw me under the bus in her book. Why would he talk to her? Like she talked about yeah, their totally. sex life in her book. <laughs> Why does he want to sit there and talk to this woman?" But. I guess Tank Kimmel wanted him. I'm happy for her and Sean. They seem like a nice couple. They see. I, I mean, 18 months. I never would have thought it with them. I, I really wouldn't have. I mean, we're we're here. We are a year and a half later, and they're still together. So, I mean, yeah. I guess good on them. Uh, I think a lot of people are surprised like at that. One. What do you think of her look now? I think she looks great. Shorter hair, I really like. Um, they all. I mean, I'm sure I'd be the same way. They go on TV. They see themselves, and they just like. They get so toned, they lose so much weight, yeah. and they just look so different afterwards. But I guess that just happens when you're not when you're not used to being on camera, and then you start doing it. it. Just totally changes it. Oh yeah, and I think that Caitlyn, without a doubt, obviously has lost weight since her season, and uh, yeah. especially in her face. Um, you, you, just looking at Nick, see, I mean, Nick, same thing on Nick. I mean, we see the clips at the beginning of the episode on Monday. With Nick on Andy's season, he looks like a completely different person. I know that you talked about this yeah. this week in your podcast uh, with the sports gal. It was it's like night and day. It doesn't even look like the same guy. It's totally different. I don't know I what. Know. I mean, it's, it's like just it's working out, I guess. Shape. But yeah, what I was I guess so. yeah, I know, 
Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, so overall impression of the episode? I mean, there's only so much you can do with the first episode since it's, you know, that yeah, first episode, same thing every great. season. Do my, this is one thing I don't understand, and I guess they've been doing this for a few years. Is like they only do the intro packages for of, of the thirty girls, like seven of them. Yeah. So really gives gives away like who is who is important or like who they're playing up, you know. Oh yeah. So I don't really understand. I guess it's like a calculated risk that like, people don't retain all that information anyway, and it doesn't really matter. But I think it's kind of stupid to do it that way. It really takes away a lot of the mystery because like there's just you know that based on the first episode. Corinne, Rachel, Vanessa, and Alexis are like major, or, and probably Raven because she got a lot of she got the intro package too. Yeah, like you just know that they're going to be sticking around at least for a little while. Yeah, I think that it's it's one of these things where God, even if they didn't have the intro packages, if you just watch the season preview at the end of the episode, they give so much away right. on that thing. If you sat there and were to break it down and hit pause and Did you read about what happened with, with Linda with Rachel no um I have a spoiler which I also mentioned on my own podcast oh is, oh yeah yeah I think I know what you're gonna say but go ahead say it in December this is a spoiler for people who are listening although I, I imagine your <laughs> audience is, don't yeah. care um Rachel uh, ABC sent out a press release about the final four being in Finland and then in the, the season on they show Rachel and Nick t- toasting to Finland so she makes the final four yeah, well, Reality Steve in the beginning of November told everyone they were going to Finland, so we had that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was, it, you know, they even they toasted to Finland, but not only that, even if they didn't say here's to Finland, they were in heavy clothing and knit caps, and right. you know, they go to New Orleans this year. That wasn't New Orleans. They go to, you know, they go to uh, B- uh, Bimini in Bahamas. It wasn't that wasn't the Bahamas that they were wearing that clothing in. So yeah, it's. Right. But they do it every season. I remember, I specifically remember last year, same exact thing happened with um, in the season preview for Ben's season. They show Ben and Kayla making out on a bed with fireworks going off in the background in clear blue water. It's just like, okay, we know where Ben's going this season, and this is the only place. This is the Bahamas, and that's where they are. So we yeah, knew Kayla not, made it far. Not everyone, not everyone <laughs> who watches has all of your information. This one was like kind of worse because it was through ABC that you could connect the dots yeah and um so you are i'm assuming per usual you're spoiler free so far outside of the rachel thing yeah rachel also followed me on twitter like a couple weeks ago and now i noticed that she's off twitter so that was weird oh okay but so you don't want to know correct i'm assuming no i don't okay no i won't i won't say anything um the two biggest things i took out of the first episode were obviously the liz storyline um Right. Do you have any info on that? I mean, the info of of what I have, it's, I mean, they're not, they're not hiding anything for sure. I mean, they did have sex the night of Tanner and Jade's wedding. Um, right. I'm assuming that, well, not assuming. I mean, you know that the producers who worked on Tanner and Jade's wedding were all made aware of it. And then I'm guessing they're the ones that approached her and said, hey, why don't you come on next season? You think this would be a good idea? And then she's got Jade as her best friend encouraging her to do it but um right the, the whole thing was to me i don't even i don't even i still don't really know where i stand with it because so what happened in terms of what they're saying is we had sex i asked her for her number that night she said no so i figured she wasn't interested and then here she shows up nine months later on my show i think there's still a lot of mystery that we don't know what are your thoughts 
Well, they definitely make it. I don't know why they're trying to paint Liz as like um, fame hungry because like everyone on the show is. And, like, yeah. certainly not it's like Nick, person. it's your fourth time. Like, how, why are you? Why is you calling yeah. her fame hungry when you, this is your fourth time? Also, like Jade ultimately met her husband through this franchise, right? Like, yep. Of course, you would encourage a friend to go on. Like it's it's like almost one of the least nefarious people to encourage you to do that. Yeah. Um, so I I don't really know why they needed Liz to be. I mean, maybe they didn't know they were getting with Corinne, but I don't know why you needed Liz to be another um, villain when you have such a maniac like Corinne around. Like Liz seems pretty harmless to me. Yeah, I don't I don't think that Liz. Like my opinion is Liz didn't need to do the show. I'm fi- but I'm fine with her that she did. I just think that she probably didn't think it through and realize the magnitude of what producers do and what they can do with storylines and stuff like that. And and Liz is getting crucified on social media for, you know, this whole act. Like, well, Liz, he didn't want you, obviously. If he wanted you, he would have contacted you in those 9 months. Who's stupid enough to go chase a guy? It's like, no. What if she was I my opinion, I, I and I this I don't have any inside information on, but I'm just trying to put myself in Liz's head as to why she would do this. And the only thing I came yeah. up with was kind of what she said on the show. Like, look, I, I knew your reputation preceded you when we had sex that night. I just figured I was another notch on your bedpost. I didn't need to give you my number. It was fun. We had a good time, but I didn't need to think anything of it. And then I did watch you on Paradise, and I saw a different Nick that was different than the stereotype I had of you. So... I decided to come on. Like, what's wrong with that answer? I don't. I don't see any problem with that. Right, I agree with you. I'm. I'm. I'm pro Liz, and mostly I'm just like, who cares? Like, yeah. I wonder if they just like wanted to have an ex of Nick's of Nick's on the show, and that was the, the best they could do. Although I don't know what necessarily what they gained from having an ex of Nick of Nick's on there. Yeah, I think it's just every season they have to throw somebody from a past, and it seems like they're doing it every season at least once, and. And Liz wasn't a former contestant, so this was a little bit different because they've done the whole bring somebody back from a former season. Maybe just thought, hey, this is different. Do that with the Bachelor? Is that only a Bachelor thing that they don't do on the Bachelor X? I don't think they did that with JoJo. Let me think. Um, I know that uh, who went on Sean's season? Casey B went on Sean Lowe's season. Yeah, and on Ben it was um, Becca, Becca, and Robert Graham together, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was so weird because all they did during the summer, I want to say July through September, if you look at both of their Instagrams, all they did was post pictures of each other traveling and whatever, but they would never address the fact that they were a couple. And then they finally just came out and said, yeah, no, after a while we just decided, yeah, this is, I like him more than just a friend. And it's just like, you guys were posting stuff in different countries together. Like what, what, do, I, people, what do you think people are going to think of totally. pictures like that? But um, yeah. let's move on to Corinne. Yeah, whatever. Let's sure. whatever works. Um, let's move on to Corinne, uh, the hot mess of the season. You know, oh my God, I can't stand her. <laughs> Here, here's the thing with Corinne, and I, and I, like I said, I listen to your podcast. I, I will fill you in on just her job. Well, not her job, her dad's yeah, job. Please do. Her dad is a garage flooring guy. He install he okay. installs flooring in garages. Now it's apparently a pretty big thing down in Miami. But I mean, let's face it. If if her dad said to her tomorrow, Corinne, I, I'm sick or I'm dying or whatever the case may be. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend Mr. Olympios here. But uh, you know, you need to take over the business. Do you honestly think Corinne wants to do garage flooring the rest of her life? Of course not. Like, let's stop calling yourself a businessman, a businesswoman. You're not. You're going on the show 
because we've seen your Instagram, which is nothing but selfies and bikinis, and you want to be part of this franchise and see what comes of it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, she seems pretty transparent. I know she's going to be in paradise. I don't need to know anything else. Yeah. Like, she's, she's just ridiculous. Yeah. You can just. There's ch- no way he could actually like her. Yeah. No, I. It's another one of these things where this is this is a producer. I, I'm not going to say a producer plant, but you know when she when she utters lines like "I have a heart of gold, but a platinum vagine," you you know that they the producers are just like high fiving each other behind the cameras, saying this is television gold. This is what we want. This okay. is what everyone on Tuesday morning. She's the water cooler girl this season. It's fairly obvious. Next week she takes off her top in the pool, like <clears throat> you know and. Do your fam- is your family proud of that, Corinne? Like you're 24 years old and you're doing this. That she does that? Yeah, it's next week on the group date. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, what's the group date? Oh, no, don't tell me. Actually, don't tell me. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I was just going to give you a mini spoiler, but that's all right. Um, but yeah, no, it's on the group date really next week. I'm really excited about the. Um, I'm really excited about the uh, Backstreet Boys date. Like I can't wait. <laughs> you you didn't happen to be in attendance when it happened, did, did you? No, okay. I wasn't. I think I actually was out of. I think I was out of the country. It was at the end of September, right? No, that that date was. Uh, yeah, exactly. End of September, correct? Yeah, I was out of the country. Otherwise, I would have been dying to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, and Ashley, I, and Becca are also on on that date. I don't know if it's actually going to get shown, but Ashley and I and Becca were actually brought up on stage before the girls were. So I don't know if that's part of the episode or if it was just they were there and supporting Nick and they'll cut that leave that on the ed- editing room floor but um do you have any early favorites obviously it's um Rachel and Vanessa I saw they're both not on Twitter so that's suspect two yeah. for sure um I'm I'm a little freaked out that we're gonna get a lot of the, the Arkansas girl Raven I'm just concerned about that because I can't stand her <laughs> you can't stand um, Raven why she, I don't know. I think she just freaks me out. I don't like. I don't know. It's completely baseless. <laughs> it freaks you um, out. The woman who, <laughs> the, Jasmine from the Dallas Cowboys slash the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. I'd like her to stay around for a while because I think it's good to have a professional dancer in the mix. Yeah. Um, but I don't have high hopes for her based on her first night. What's the deal with Alexis? Do you have any information on her? <laughs> well, I can guarantee you, Alexis will be on Paradise. That's a given. Um, oh my god. Yeah. No. Um, oh, and don't forget, Jasmine. New York Jets cheerleader before she went to Cowboys, before she went to Golden State. So she was a Jets girl, too. Um, it's What year did she get to Golden State? Last year. Last season. And just one year. Oh, so she does, doesn't have a, a ring then because she could have. Yeah, yeah. No. They blew a 3-1 lead, so she gets no ring. But, yeah, she. Um, it's funny because she goes by NBA dancer on the show, but she was more of a football cheerleader for – because I know she did Jets for more than one year, and I know she did Cowboys for more than one year. But last year she went to Golden State, and yeah, now she's got a one year Very on her impressive. resume. Yeah, and it's like, why would you leave? Like, you're a sports fan. You are. You follow basketball. You talk basketball on your podcast. Why is she leaving Golden State Warrior dancer to go on this shit show? You know, seriously, <laughs> seriously. I actually think these these women are even including Jasmine, like a lot more accomplished than usual. I, it, I'm sure some of it's a little bit of fibbing, but there's like quite a few lawyers, quite a few nurses. I don't know. It's impressive, and also. I think there were 30 girls. This is totally based. Maybe you'll tell me I'm wrong. But I thought maybe there were 30 girls instead of, like, the usual 25 to 28 or whatever because they um, 
added in some extras for Nick when they decided he was the bachelor. Yeah, it's I mean it's possible. I that I don't know if it was or wasn't. They always have they never have lower than 25 and they never go over 30. Like last season Ben had what like 27. They get these random numbers of girls yeah. like what I don't really understand the rhyme or reason for the number that they cast every season, but um, yeah, I could totally see that because apparently it was a, a last second deal with the switch up from um, from uh, Luke to Nick. And I, this came up actually uh, on email. Someone alerted me of this, but I didn't I don't follow her. So I didn't know. Uh, so Heather McDonald, the uh, comedian, you know who Heather McDonald is? Okay, so Heather McDonald has a podcast, and apparently on her podcast, she was telling a story about how she met Chris Harrison at a party recently, and she was talking to him about the whole Luke-Nick thing, and Chris Harrison told Heather McDonald at this party that Luke, the reason basically they, he, he went diva, and it was all about his music. Like, he wanted his music on the show, and ABC was just like, I, we can't, and I, so if Chris Harrison is telling her this in private at a party, and she, then she's telling everybody on her podcast. I'm assuming that did play a role. And I, I think I remember bringing that up to you back in September. That's what I had heard, that he was somehow being all protective of his music or wanted it out there. And ABC was just like, we're not going to, no, we're not going to, we don't need that. We don't need your music. Yeah. So that's what well, she, she's claiming Chris Harrison told her. And that's why Luke isn't The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I'm relieved to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I know you like Nick way more uh, than Luke. Um, who is the... Is there anybody that you just literally can't stand already? Like, I thought Shark Girl was just funny. I didn't think she was stupid, and it looked like the rest of the girls even took to her. Um, yeah, I guess they did. Uh, I liked the I liked the Shark Girl. I didn't mind her. Um, I, mm, I didn't like Raven. I didn't care for Josephine. The humps that she was the Oh, no, Lacey was the humps girl. Yeah, Lacey hump girl. Um, she was okay. Not great. But she was, like, not my favorite. And who else did I not really care for? I don't know. They were a blur. I think the people I do like stand out more than the people I dislike, except for Corinne, who I cannot stand. Yeah, Josephine was wiener girl. That was Josephine. And she and Josephine also had an intro video where she was bumping around Santa Monica Pier just doing stupid stuff and talking to her cats and stuff like that. That was Josephine. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else around the first episode that, uh, I mean, we, like you said, it first episode is the same thing every season. It's like intro the bachelor, have him meet up with past leads to they give him uh, advice where it's essentially the same thing of, Hey man, just be yourself. Uh, and then it's pretending Nick, pretending Nick lives in Chicago is absurd. Oh, Everyone knows God. LA. <laughs> yeah. It's it, again, something it totally brought up in Mike Holland's just like, why are we pretending this guy's a Chicago businessman? He hasn't done that for over a year. And, right. um, you know, then you do the intro videos, then you got 30 exits, and then you got a cocktail party and a rose ceremony. There's nothing you can do on that first episode to really spice it up. It's the characters, it's the girls, and the guys for Bachelorette that make up that first episode. It's who's going to be the hot mess, and Corinne was the talk, and then the, the Liz story. That's really, that's really it. I mean, the fact that Rachel got a first impression rose, our first black contestant in the history in 33 seasons that's got a, it's got a first impression rose, does that do anything for you? I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Exciting. Within this franchise, huge deal. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's great. And shout out to Nick. I'm I'm into it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's get to rapid fire questions. I haven't come up with a cute name for this segment yet, so I'm just going to go with rapid 10 for now. Totally random questions, just so we can do a little deeper dive into who Juliet Littman is. Okay, you ready? 
Damn, I'm nervous. (laughs) Do you remember your senior prom date's name? Assuming you went to senior prom. I didn't go to prom. Oh, you didn't go to prom. No, I didn't. I only went to after parties. Okay. No problem. Hey. I would definitely remember, though. It's not the kind of thing I'd forget. Uh, Your favorite chain restaurant? Um, Jack in the Box, 99 Cent Tacos. Oh, that that kind of kill that kind of kills one of my other. Well, maybe not. Okay, um, your proudest aco- your your proudest accomplishment. Launching the Ringer. Oh, I agree. Um, been a huge fan yeah. of Grantland. Have followed it, and then on to the Ringer. Uh, you guys do some really great work over there. And it and for anybody that doesn't follow the Ringer, um, if you've heard of it or you know it was started by Bill Simmons, who's a sports guy, you got. You need to go over there because it literally covers every single topic you could possibly think of. I mean, in in the sports, politics, sports, pop culture, uh, everything over there. I mean, if you yeah, – so many different writers, great. What we think is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really good stuff you guys are doing over there. Um, biggest regret? Biggest regret, not going abroad in college. Really? You it's Like for a semester or you wanted to go the whole four years and come? No, like first semester. First semester. I wish I'd, I wish I wish I'd lived in Europe for a sustained period of time. Where did you go to college? Northwestern. Oh, Chicago. you went. Okay, so you went to Northwestern. Okay. Uh, last movie you cried at? Uh, Manchester by the Sea, and I was like seriously crying, and I loved it. Great movie. That's what I hear. Um, this is the. This is. Kind of goes along, but it looks like I already got the answer to this one. You and Jacoby talked food a lot back in the day uh, on the yeah. old on the old show. Your biggest guilty pleasure food, I'm assuming now, is 99 cent tacos from Jack in the Box. Say that or, or yeah, that or uh, Entenmann's cupcakes also. Quite oh bad. my god, the the, the uh, every single one of my um, family members, every aunt, uncle, cousin, grandparent I have uh, lives in New York. So I used to go back there every summer between second and eighth grade. And it was like I could not get enough of the Entenmann's crumb cake that my grandma bought, and oh, it, yeah. I would eat it by that. I'd eat half of it in one sitting. It was those things are so good. I love Entenmann's. Oh, it's not enough in California. Okay, so what? Right next to my office sells um, Entenmann's candles, and like that's a crime. Ridiculous. <laughs> Sell the cakes or nothing at all. Okay, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, this is a bonus question because it just reminded me. Thumbs up, thumbs down on Carvel. Thumbs up, way up. I okay. had someone I was home last week, and it was delicious. Oh, and great. ice cream cake, it was great. Oh, yeah, I love Carvel. All right, next question. Biggest sports pet peeve that you have, whether it's with the team, player, rules, whatever? I really hate how much the Los Angeles Clippers fight calls with referees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I'm not, except, except for on Chandler Parsons, I'm really not into the proliferation of compression leggings in the NBA. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but again, in one of your answers to my questions, it ruins a, an answer, a question that I have coming up. So, jeez. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, next question. Worst interview you've ever conducted? And don't say this one. Um, well, you didn't conduct this one. Outside but, of this one. Yeah. I once interviewed um, Amari Sotomayor, and we didn't air it because it was just so bad. I, I did a bad job. It was over the phone. Just wasn't great. That was that did not go well. Okay, was it what? It was it a bunch of one word answers from him. And he just he didn't seem into it. Yeah. yeah, and it was like it was related to the movie Beyond the Lights, which was great, and he was a producer on. Mm-hmm. But like it just was awkward. It didn't go well. It, I, it just was tough. Yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> this is a true or false question, but I already. Okay. 
Chandler Parsons is incredibly overrated. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I stand by my man. Yeah. Um, well, I had to deal with him for three years here in Dallas. And, um, you know, he was, you know, it's – and I think on the way out the door, especially during free agency this past offseason, uh, Dirk – I don't know if you saw the quote. Dirk claims it wasn't a swipe at Chandler, but – Everyone here thinks it was when he made a comment in regards to after they signed Harrison Barnes, talking about how Harrison Barnes has just exceeded his expectations. Uh, Jim Rat always there, and it was almost like he was saying, "Well, we basically calling Chandler Hollywood." And you know, Chandler's very known for his off the field, off the court antics. Hell, I saw a story today about him and Kendall Jenner. Did you see this? Yes, I saw that as well. Oh, jeez. That's not good. Like Chandler has played what five games this year, and now he's seeing Kendall Jenner. No, I more than <laughs> more than five. He uh. played last night. I went to the game, the Lakers game. Oh, okay. All right. I haven't. I. I uh, all right. Well, I. I, I kind of knew what your answer was going to be on that one, but I wanted to ask it anyway. <laughs> um, favorite slow song of all time. Mm, Always be my baby by Mariah Carey. Oh, interesting. Were you an American Idol fan? Not really. Okay. I like Kelly Clarkson, though. I didn't know. I, you, the reason I asked that is because David Cook, who won, I think, season six or seven, um, did a cover of Always Be My Baby that I thought was one of the best covers ever on that show. And it was just different because it was by a guy. And he made it more of a rock thing. And it was really, really good. And it was the week that Mariah was like the mentor. So oh, cool. So what did you think of Mariah's uh, performance on New Year's Eve? Not her fault. Protect Mariah. <laughs> oh, all right. That's interesting. It's funny because it's it's funny to see the both going back and forth now. Uh, the both camps that I know. Yeah, I mean, it, she's a diva, but also like a pro. Yeah, I think she would. I, I just don't think it's her. Could be her fault. She's been doing this for over twenty years. Yeah, and and do you, I think the question to be asked is, regardless of what happened live, it shouldn't have been shown on the West Coast feed. Like, why would you leave it in there? That that's the that's where I defend Mariah, is her saying like, "Fine, it happened, but why leave it in for the West Coast feed? Take it out. It was right. it was embarrassing." That's a, that's a great, really good point. Yeah. Um. And finally, bonus question. This is a simple yes or no. Bill Simmons is aware that he is the inspiration behind RealitySteve.com. Yes or no? <laughs> oh, interesting. I think I think no. Yeah. No, I mean, um. God, it's been years since I've fallen bill from AOL to page two to Grantland. To, he's easily the uh, the inspiration behind the writing. Um, I mean, I could probably name off columns that he wrote 10 years ago that I still have almost memorized. So uh, pass that along to Bill. Like he's got a He's got an indirect. <laughs> he's got an indirect uh, inspiration behind my site. It's why I started writing. It's why I started writing kind of the way I did, um, incorporating pop culture stuff into my sports uh, writing. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of always been. That's been like the backbone of the site. Uh, you know, I don't want to say imitated or copied, but I mean, he he's set the standard in the industry. I would say, without a doubt. He's a living legend. Love yes. That guy. Yeah, he is. I'm glad he brought all you guys over from Grantland. I thought that was, uh, I th- yeah. yeah, that was great. So um, you can catch her work on ringer.com on channel 33, doing her bachelor party podcast every yeah. week. Follow her at Juliet Lipman on Twitter. Juliet, I knew this would be good. Sure. We'll have you back on again sometime in the future. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Thanks, Steve. Talk to you soon. You got it. Bye. Bye. So thanks to Juliet for that conversation about Nick's first episode. Really appreciate her kicking off the Nick season of the podcast. So she'll definitely be on in the future, having been a huge fan of the show and has had me on her podcast numerous times. So absolutely will return the favor with Juliet. Uh, moving on, I had asked for listener calls regarding any Dr. Reality Steve questions, and I didn't get any. And I... So I just want to throw this out there. I understand that maybe some people it's much easier to email because I never reveal names or email addresses of the people that are emailing in for Dr. Reality Steve. So maybe feel people feel uncomfortable because their friends listen to the show and they'll recognize their voice or even their name or their name and their voice. So um, in the future, like I said, it's, it's a lot easier for me because we can have a back and forth when you're explaining your issue, but um, anybody that doesn't feel safe with their name out there, whatever the case may be, we don't have to use your name. Um, but if you think, oh, well, I, I'd love to do it, but my friends might recognize my voice, then yeah, I still send your emails in. It doesn't have to be that way, but um, uh, we could do it uh, like that or any way you choose. But I uh, would love to do a Dr. Reality Steve over Skype. So since we have no Dr. Reality Steve, uh, what I'm going to do is take a reader email that actually arrived today, which would have been in next week's reader email batch, but it's a good question, and I thought I would go over it. So it says, Steve, while reading today's reader questions column, reader emails you mean, but they are questions, I see what you're saying. Anyway, uh, while reading today's reader questions column, thinking about the possibility of Rachel as the next Bachelorette and what the makeup of her Bachelor pool would be, this occurred to me. Let's say she's tapped, which she should be. Let's say they subsequently cast a more racially diverse pool of Bachelor hopefuls. Now, let's say none of her final four are white and instead black. What does ABC do at that point? Do they do what they clearly should and need to do and choose the next Bachelor from that pool? Or do they find an excuse to pick someone else and lay themselves open to the inevitable bashing that they'd receive for not picking a non-white bachelor when they had a picture-perfect opportunity to choose a minority. And knowing that this situation is a possibility, does that play into a potential Rachel versus Raven decision? Would love to hear your thoughts. Very good email. It's tough to answer with 100% certainty because, yeah, if you have a black lead, I would think you're going to have more black contestants. The probability factor of a black contestant making it to the final four is a lot higher than it would be in another season of the bachelorette with a white lead. So if she has, if Rachel is the bachelorette and she has four black guys in her final four, does that mean that we are going to get a black bachelor after her? And, you know, obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves, but you do throw out the question of, so they maybe wouldn't have to face that at all. Do they just go with Raven? And, you know, like I said, it, we're still three months away. There's a lot to be determined. Rachel is obviously going to be a popular figure this season. And I believe, despite what Juliet Littman uh, thinks of Raven, it's not like she hates her. She just she hasn't warmed to Raven yet and doesn't sound like she will. I, I do think Raven is a serious candidate for next season. And... It's kind of like I said back when I spoiled everything on the 22nd and then reposted it this past Monday, which was, it's like we won't know until we know. They're either going to do the Rachel thing 
and finally do a black lead for the first time in 33 seasons, or they're not. And if they do, thinking ahead, it is very tough to predict, well, what if Rachel is the Bachelorette, and what if she has four black guys? It's just, we're going down a road that it's just, it's so much speculation at this point that it's tough to give a definitive answer. But the question of, to avoid that whole situation, does this make Raven a stronger candidate? I think Raven's a strong candidate regardless. But like I said, uh, we're not going to know anything until we get closer. Um, I'm sure I'll start hearing things towards the end. But like we said, like I've said in the past, especially with recent seasons, you know, my track record isn't great with the lead because they've changed their mind at the last minute two times with Kayla going to JoJo and then with Luke going to Nick. So it's it's even tough for me to say. I might be hearing something the day before, the day of. Like I was pretty confident it was Luke. Everybody thought it was Luke. Luke thought it was Luke, and it didn't end up being him. So I I think that Rachel is still a strong possibility. Uh, getting into well, who's going to make her final four? I mean, like you said, we don't know what the makeup of her cast is yet. I guarantee there will probably be more than seven black guys if she is the Bachelorette. I would think there's going to be more than seven. Um, probably I would think this cast would be pretty split of black guys and white guys, but in terms of how that's going to lead to an ex bachelorette, because then if you're saying four bachelors that make her final four are all black and they choose one of them, then we have a black bachelor, uh, for the following season, which is something that we've uh, still never had a black bachelor. And if we have a black bachelor, we're going to be asking the same questions of our Black Bachelor as this emailer is asking about Rachel. What if half the cast is black for the Black Bachelor, half the cast is white, and he has four girls in his final four that are all black? Is it just going to be a, a continuous string? Like It's just it's so hard to answer, but it is a very thoughtful and thought-provoking question. And I'm sure the show is well aware of who they have in mind for the next lead. And I think it's between Rachel and Raven. Someone had asked about Danielle Maltby in reader emails. And like I said, she just doesn't come across to me as somebody that is not that she has to be this dynamic personality, but she seems very reserved, very shy, very soft-spoken. And I don't think that she's the type of person that they would cast in their lead role. Just look at the previous 12 bachelorettes. They've all been kind of, either spunky or spitfires or really just kind of girls that will, for the most part, make out with a bunch of guys. And and Danielle Maltby just doesn't strike me as that girl right now. I don't know enough about her yet, but she does strike me as a lot more shy and reserved than people like Andy or Caitlin or Ashley Hebert or Allie or JoJo. She just doesn't strike me as fitting that mold. Someone like Rachel and someone like Raven do. And that's me saying this after one episode. Hell, I could change my mind um, come the end of the season. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's it for the reader email. Thank you again to Juliet Littman for coming on. Next week, we have another guest in store to talk about episode two of next season. They are someone that is linked to the Bachelor franchise. I'm sure if you're a follower of of this franchise. You know who this person is, so look forward to that next week. In addition, I'll be back on Tuesday with my recap of Monday's episode two, 
than reader emails, Dr. Reality Steve. And I'll reiterate again, I would love to have a Dr. Reality Steve listener come on. We can do it over Skype. We don't have to use your real name if you don't want. And we can just discuss your issue and they can have more of a back and forth as opposed to an email. So thanks again for tuning in. Please, if you listen on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. That would be wonderful for me, for the site, uh, for the metrics of getting up there in podcast listens and stuff like that. I would really appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Reality Steve. Instagram at Reality Steve and Reality Steve fan page, which is just Reality Steve on Facebook. So thanks again for listening. We will be back same time, same place next Thursday for podcast number seven. Signing off. Talk to you later, everybody. Bye.